And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Baseball season and warm weather is right around the corner. Make sure you are stopping by the Holy Grail when you're down at the banks. Get yourself some cold drinks. Have some great food. And uh, support those that support us by getting down to the Holy Grail and having a grand old time as you don't go to the ballpark, but you just hang out in the environment around the ballpark. (laughs) Why would you want to go to the ballpark right now? Anyhow, I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Hi, David. How are you? Hello. How's it going, buddy? It's good. I'm uh, I'm ready for a a full noon to eleven thirty slate of you know mostly quality basketball games starting tomorrow. Yeah, I, I get to uh, Friday's going to be interesting as I'm on the radio from three to six and the Bearcats play essentially from three to six. Yeah, they're they're the whole game will be completed while you're on the radio. Yeah, and they expect me to talk about things that aren't the UC game. Like, we're supposed to counter-program That's right. Uh, what's on WLW. How am I going to be doing that when my entire focus is going to be on the UC game? It should be interesting. Call, call me. I'll, I'll help you out. I actually was, was thinking <laughs> I might need to have you on to do, like, a, a draft segment. Okay. I could probably make that happen... Uh... Tomorrow or Friday? Yeah, uh, probably Friday just because I'm supposed no one will, to be counter-programming. Because no one will be listening. And they, and yeah. they, don't, they don't care who you bring on. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the game the whole time. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a test of my ability to talk about something while I'm watching something else. Yep. I don't think I'm going to be good at it. <laughs> we'll, we'll all find out together. We will. It's going to be a live watch party at uh, fifteen thirty. So that should be fun. Uh, quite a bit to get to tonight. Uh, waiting on a practice report from our guy Kerry Hoffman. Aaron had uh. Some stuff come up that he wasn't able to make it down today and tomorrow. So, Kerry uh, Hoffman in a pinch, saving the day and uh, hitting up practice for us and looking forward to a full report from him. Not sure on the status of the nightcap tomorrow and Thursday, unless you want to pop on one with me tomorrow and talk about the same stuff we talk about tonight. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I just when you think we're starting to like, you know, level out and get things back under control, uh, more stuff happens. It happens, you know. What are you gonna do? It's owning a business, right? You like just, you, you, you just roll, roll with, with it and do the best you can. I'm trying, Dave. It's, it's not, uh, <laughs> you know, there aren't lives at stake. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like you know the old the old pun. You know, we're not going to use it in this situation, obviously, but like, we're not, you know, sending rockets into space. Like, if we don't hit on something, you know, it. Yeah, and that was a terrible. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Just leave it at that. I'm an idiot. 
Um, let's get to uh, – we, we don't know today yet, uh, but you and I Hold have on. not really spoken. Okay. You talk. What are you holding on for? Okay. My, my uh, VPN is doing its thing. Oh, okay. Um, we have not really spoken about uh, spring football yet. Obviously, I have uh, I have Monday's notes up, and like I said, we're waiting for uh, for Carrie's notes here soon, and I'm sure those will be fantastic. Carrie is uh, very thorough always, so looking forward to that, and. Are you good? I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll let you take the wheel. I, I've I've talked about what I I saw. Uh, anything you want to know from the first spring practice? Uh, <laughs> from from one practice? practice? No, I mean like from, from one practice with helmets and no pants. <laughs> no, there's no. If we're being honest here. Like no, there's nothing that I I'm not going to hit you with any uh, any real hard. Hard hitters of uh, questions about w- one practice. Um, you know, I just think from my standpoint, the things, you know, hopefully I get to get out there at some point, you know, likely after spring break, what that's next week, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think I was thinking about it today, like the two things I'm going to be maybe not focusing the most on, but maybe most interested in watching is how the offensive line slash run game looks differs than during the Luke Fickle era. You know, once they get helmets on, once they get into more, once more of the, they have helmets on, once they get pads on, once they get a, a much larger dose of install in, like, what does that look like? You know, when you're truly doing maybe, you know, a half field drill where you're, you know, you're trying to move the ball down the field and you can get first downs and keep drives going. Like, what does that look like? And then just, you know, I think especially in the front seven defensively, we know a lot of the names. We have a, a good frame of reference on what a Malik van Dante Corleone, uh, Juwan Briggs, you know, what a lot of these guys can do. I'm interested in seeing what does that look like in a defensive scheme that is is much more uh, attacking than what we've grown accustomed to. So just, you know, how does my frame of reference on what those guys look like and what what is expected of them change based on uh, being in a totally different defense? Tonk, you're setting the, the bar awfully high. Well, Stephen wanted us to have a great stream. Tonk just wants us to have an above-average stream. Well, I don't know if we'll hit either of those benchmarks. <laughs> uh, I, I do think, like, I, I saw, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this. There was some talk on the message board after the practice report about Briggs going back to defensive end and having kind of three power guys again at the point of the t- of attack not having that that twitchy edge rusher type and my oh. first thought and I want to run this by you with Deshaun Pace playing the nickel this is very much more of a 3-4 right and if you look at traditionally 3-4 defenses your ends are more power guys than they are 
speed guys. Yeah, I mean, if you're running a 3-4, you don't have a speed guy because with only three down linemen, how are you going to set the edge on a run play? Um, you know, you obviously can bring the outside linebackers up and make it almost like a five-man front on occasion, um, but that's dictated by the personnel of the offense. If they're in a – if the offense is in – a spread personnel or a one tight end personnel, you can't really do that because then that's leaving areas of the field or, or players uncovered. So if we're just talking like old school Steelers, Patriots, Patriots yeah. three, four, like, no, those, those, those players don't exist on the defensive line. Um, those players are outside linebackers. Those players are your, James Harrison, your Bud Dupree's, um, your Jamie Collins for the Patriots, um, Kyle Van Noy, like guys like that. They're not your J. I mean, we're going to go throw it way back, like steel old school Steelers, like Jason Kirkland um, or Javon Kirkland. J. You know. Six four six. I mean, these are NFL bodies, so we're not going to necessarily see that in college. But it's like, not a one for one. No, but comparison. I mean, you're looking. Yeah, but you're looking at your your bigger, more power players. If you're going to more of a three man front. Well, and but I do think like in a three three five, you do I think need to have one. Like it would be ideal to have a speed guy on, on one of the edges. Because you yeah, don't I mean, you'll, have you'll, that other backer playing downhill. Yeah, you'll bring him up depending on what the personnel is. Right. Um, yeah. So just like when we talk about the personnel in relation to the scheme, I do think it's more likely that you want three bigger body power defensive linemen in, in what this scheme is expected to be. And then your pressure or your... Um, your packages are going to come from the linebackers. Well, yeah, because let's let's just let's talk it out. If you have a quote unquote Myjay Sanders as one of your ends in a three man front, yeah, and I had... so you're you're talking about two a guard and a tackle on that side against him, and even if you bring a guy up or bring a guy down. That's Deshaun Pace or someone of the of a similar um, build. Like a garden tackler is going to eat those two guys up. They're just going to run the ball nonstop right over that that side. Right. C. So. Bam. <laughs> I mean, C. I mean, C. Tulane. Right. They just pulled. They just moved their garden tackles on pulls all game. Yeah. And and just moved our guys out of the way last year. So I, I just I wanted to to touch on that. Um I did, and I'm curious to see Carrie's thoughts from today. Uh in terms of the 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 the, the skill guys. Because I liked, I did like what I saw from Jordan Young. I liked what I saw from DJ Taylor. Uh, I liked what I saw from D Wiggins. Um, 
I liked what I saw from Donovan Ollie. I'm still memorizing these names to my brain, like for for quick recollection. <laughs> right. Uh, Sterling Buckhalter looked the part. Didn't see him make as many plays as the other guys, but you know, it's day one. Um, you know, I, I I was impressed with a lot of the stuff we saw in terms of uh, the the new the transfer guys on the perimeter of this offense and defense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, with – you have a, a pretty – it's a it's a limited group right now, but it's a it's a big body group of wide receivers. Yeah. So, like, I'll be interested to see how much um, kind of, like, isolation single-type routes they're running where it's just kind of, like, sideline routes, throw it up, you know, back shoulder stuff, out, you know, outs, like – how what kind of route combinations are we doing or are we just kind of taking advantage of of the size on the outside uh in that regard but you know again one one practice and nobody's rushing the quarterbacks nobody's you know being tackled it's it's you know it is what it is you take you but it's the one practice that we've had so you take what you can from from that and we'll see how it goes today how what tomorrow is that right yeah, tomorrow's the last practice before spring break. So, so we'll, we'll see. Well, yeah. Uh, Who was, um, again, I mean, it's silly to say starting, but like what was, what were kind of the main uh, initial five offensive linemen? Uh, that was complicated. um mainly because they had they had been doing a lot of kind of uh getting a look i think at both radosevich and uh gavin gerhardt at center probably did a a good amount of like half line stuff too not as much as i thought yeah that they would do but uh, you know one, you're not hitting, so it's like sure. impossible to tell who was good and who wasn't. But you know, it is fairly easy as you're trying to figure out who the hell is who. Um, on the interior, there was kind of a mix of um, wrong way. There was a bit of a mix. There was one look that was uh, John Williams at left tackle, D'Artanian Tinsley at left guard, Radosevich at center, Gerhardt at right guard, uh, and then Cam Jones at left tackle. And then when Radosevich moved to guard, he moved to left guard, Gerhardt moved to center, Kandra and Kandra yeah Kandra was um was in there at right guard he spent some time at left guard too so they clearly between you know and I think it's it'll be interesting to see but I think some combination of Kandra Radosevich Gerhardt will take up those three spots with Tensley 
uh, also right. there, like you know, fighting, fighting for mm -hmm. uh, depth. Next, next guy in at either spot. Yeah. Um, and then we saw a little bit of um, crap. I did so much of this. <laughs> did see a little bit of Philip Philip Wilder. I mean, uh, right tackle. Him and Ethan Green are like the only other two tackles on the roster, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, unless you just want to move a smaller guy out there, or or oh, you know, a walk on or some someone that I'm not familiar with. I mean, that I can't. I don't. No one else. You know, Luke Dalton's not a exterior guy. Um, you know, body wise, who I was impressed by, Jonathan Harder. Yeah, I don't know where he fits. Right, just looking at him on the sidelines, like he's gotten, he's got a good frame. Could Kandra play tackle if he had to? Like, is he of that size or maybe in a pinch? But I don't know that you you'd want him out at tackle. I mean, I just, I, I mean, of all the things that we're discussing and all the questions, I mean, that to me is by far the the biggest question, the biggest. You know, concern to me is is not only the fact that you have two likely starters that haven't played, so you have no idea if they're going to be good or not, and they're learning a new offense and and everything that goes into that. You have nobody even behind them uh, <laughs> you know your your debt you have no depth on top of no experience, yeah. So, I mean, they I mean, list Kandra. Many... At six, they list Kandra at six four three eighteen. I don't think you want, ideally, a six four tackle. No, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Certainly more. He, I think he would certainly be more of an option than uh, Tinsley, Gerhardt, or Radosevich. If you had to, if you had to do something, um, sure. Just because that's my, that, you know, it's got to be a huge concern. It's just like. How many times are you going to go through an entire offseason, an entire season with both starting tackles being totally fine the whole time? Tinsley is listed at 6'5", 315. Maybe he could too. I don't know. I mean he's got really long arms. That like that would that would help him if if that was ever explored. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Marcus Aaron is not, he was supposed to be there today and tomorrow, uh, but had something come up. So he wasn't able to make it into town. Carrie Hoffman covered practice today and tomorrow. He will be there again. He just sent me an interview with Carrie Combs that I am uploading on this here. Very fine YouTube channel right now. Um, and then he is going to send me a written practice report uh, tonight. So you'll get a, a fresh perspective. Wonderful. Yes. Anything else uh, you're curious about? I mean, I know it doesn't make for, for great podcasting, but like I, I kind of one need to, there needs to be like more practices so we can kind of like stack Okay, this guy's done this like two or three yeah. days in a row. Um, and I just need to be able to, to watch it. Because like with so many, like you you guys talked about the other night, with so many new parts, new players, new coaches, new system, everything. 
I just need to see it with my own eyes to be able to be like, oh yeah, this is what I want to ask about. This is what I want to talk about. Like, right. I don't even know like what to talk about because it's only been one practice and I don't know who, I mean, I don't, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if I was just like, so how did so-and-so look one practice? I don't know. And, and, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, how did this guy look? And we, you know, we'd be like, ah, oh, he was fine. It was one practice, you know? So it, it'll, it'll get better. Um, you know, we'll have more eyes out there. We'll have more practices to, to be able to, you know, see things like, you know, you can, you know, hopefully soon we can be like, Hey, they were doing this in the run game and it was successful, you know, multiple days in a row, or this guy in the past game has been shining, you know, this guy's gotten, you know, had good coverage multiple days in a row. So, you know, it's just kind of what it is. When you don't know a lot of the guys, you don't know what to expect. The corner yeah. thing is going to be an adjustment. They're small. They're like, they're, they don't look like what the corners have looked like for the past five years. So they look normal? They look normal. Yeah. They don't look 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", you know, 6'7", wingspan, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So but like every other corner, you know that's outside of like sauce Gardner and Joey Porter jr. That's been in the draft the last two years. I like Jordan young. Like he, he, he moved really fluidly. Okay. I, I was really impressed watching him getting in and out of his breaks, um, tracking the ball downfield. And then, like I mentioned Monday, DJ Taylor, he had a ball that I, I legit, I thought like Brady Lichtenberg was just trying to throw There was double coverage Lichtenberg was throwing a, a deep corner route and just tried, look like he tried to throw it out of bounds just because the, the play wasn't there. And next thing you know, DJ Taylor's running the ball back on an interception. And I was like, what happened? Yeah, I think <laughs> What happened over there on that sideline? That's another thing I'll be looking at is I, th I thought, um, and I don't know if they'll be able to truly, you know, rectify it in one season when you didn't recruit a lot of these guys you know you have this portals one thing freshman another but like i thought the overall speed defensively last year was lacking so i'm gonna be interested in like your jordan young your dj taylor how does moving pace to a different position affect that how does getting you know, a Jamal Williams on the field with a Jaheim Thomas and having more of like your two, two, you know, two thirty ish, whatever. You know, I'm just guessing. Well, Jamal right. Williams was at that rush linebacker, stand up linebacker right. spot. So, like, how does the defense look speed wise in that regard when you, you know, not saying that they were like still uber athletic. Very fast. You can't you can't have a defense as good as they've had. Yeah, I, I think. But I think they. I think the hit was bigger than maybe we expected last year when you lost. You lost Sauce. You lost Beavers. You lost Curtis Brooks. Was a very quick interior defensive lineman. You lose Myjay. Like, I think this the speed element when we played the better teams last year that had those special guys like Atajay Spears. Um, a rocket Sanders from Arkansas. Like I think that exposed that the the overall defensive speed wasn't maybe where we thought it would be or hoped it would be. I think we also 
undervalued and the combine testing kind of showed this out um, over a couple of years. We undervalued the speed of, of Wiggins. We, well, Wiggins, not necessarily. We knew how fast he was, but we undervalued the speed of Forrest. We undervalued the speed of Kobe. We undervalued the speed of Cook. Kobe's, like, Kobe's speed was how smart he was. So sure. he knew he could diagnose super fast, which allowed him to be that split second quicker than he actually was from a true speed standpoint. And yes, But he was like, also faster than we thought when he ran a little yeah. bit. So, yeah, I think like that's something that our, you know, our eyes didn't lie to us last year about that. There was a drop off. Uh, but I just didn't think we thought it would be as significant a drop off because we thought, well, those guys are great football players, but they're not like they're not speedsters, if you will. And then yeah. they went out and ran and they look like speedsters. And then they went to the NFL and they played again a lot faster than they look, if that makes sense. Yeah. So no, then, I'll, be, I'll be looking at that as. How does the new defense has some got some extra, you know, some more guys in in that frame and, and size on the field? Like, what does that do? You know, how to you know how to where's like where's Byron Threats and Amarion Smith compared to last year? Uh, Sammy Anderson compared to last year? And I don't know if you'll be able to necessarily tell that in the spring because like if it was the same staff then you'd have a better understanding of like where they've taken their jumps, but now they're learning something totally new. So they're not going to be as instinctive as, and they're going to be more reactionary than, than having the confidence of like, I know exactly what the call is. Um, You know, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly what the guy, that's the thing too, is like, you might know exactly what you're supposed to do, but the guy next to you might not quite know what he's supposed to do yet. And that causes, you know, communication issues that causes hesitancy. So, you know, it's all things that we'll, you know, be checking out in the spring and hoping that it gets uh, gets worked on and and it's good to go once they, they head to higher ground. Thunder Bucks. I don't know if I've seen you before here, but we appreciate you joining. And if think you think so. it's – have you seen him before? I think I so. Know. Okay. I'm just welcoming him if we haven't. If this is your first time, I'm welcome. And thank you for for being here. Uh, What I will tell you is this is my friend because there's a bunch of dudes on here that I don't know. (laughs) Even covering the recruiting part when they transferred in and like you just, until it's, when when you're trying to memorize 85, 80, 85 names, whatever it is, the the key is repetition and when you're well, even, on day one of that repetition it's so I, I saw donovan ollie like six times do something and every time 11 11 white oh yeah donovan ollie i remember that from 90 seconds ago when even I the returning guys round. like i didn't know corley switched changed numbers number, i didn't yeah. know he changed number to two he could be lined up you know it's ones on ones you look over and you go I guarantee for a split second, I'd be like, who the hell is two? Mm-hmm. I would know exactly I it. as I would know. I would be, of course, he's in there. It's the first team defense. But you know, initially, you're going to go, who is two? Like, I what, did it with a guy that didn't change his number. Where's 58? 
I did it with Jonathan Thompson. Yeah, he made a play. Tw- which twenty two? Twenty two. Twenty two is good. Oh yeah, that's the guy I loved all year last year. As a freshman, had a great spring game last yeah. year. No, he had a great spring period and was also really good at camp. It wasn't like a you know he had a one good day thing. He had a, a, a 10, 12 good day thing. And I still didn't know who the hell he was. Just because I was so damn confused as to what was going on. That's like, this is going to be the hard part, Dave. We spent five years getting to know this roster. Mm-hmm. And it is no more. It is just oh, not yeah, like. Man, very rarely do you get a five-year window like we just got where you got to know everybody that was on the field at all times because they had been on the field for three years, four years, five years, six years, and they're almost all gone. Yep. Almost all gone. I mean, what, it's Taj, Malik, Ryan Montgomery. Ryan Montgomery is hurt right now. I mean, they've been here the the longest. Yeah. Well, Briggs gets mentioned at three years because he's been here a, long, a lot longer than most everybody else. Oh yeah, but I mean, that's that's gonna be the it's gonna you know maybe not to this extent because you're not gonna have a coaching change every year. But I mean, you're gonna have this type of thing happening a lot now. Yeah. You know, you're going to have, you're going to have, you know, it used to just be like 25 freshmen. Right. But, you know, now it's going to be a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of transfers. Who are the 25 freshmen and who are the five transfers? Now it's going to be who are the 20 freshmen and the 12 transfers? And the 12 transfers, almost all are going to be coming in looking to play. Right, like you, you brought those twelve transfers in to be guys that uh, are assimilating themselves into. Uh, well, I've already been here for two years because I was somewhere else for two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was weird, man. Hi, pickle. What did she just do, pickle? She just minimized my screen. <laughs> Dad, I'm here for my airtime. No kidding. Um, all, about, all about it tonight. Yeah, it is. It is. I've never experienced anything like it. Even through all the different coaching changes, this is the most drastic, like difference. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking around, like who who do I know? And the answer is kind of nobody. Yeah, I mean, half the, half the, not fun, but like half of it is like, you know, seeing people because the season's been over. You haven't seen some people. So you, you talk to them and you try to, you know, you reacquaint yourself and you work, you try to get some info while you're doing the reacquainting. And now it's like just all introductions and you're not, you know, it's, I think it's bad form to just like introduce yourself and then, right away start trying to you know get it get info out of somebody sure. you, gotta, you gotta you know they're gonna be like who the hell is this guy just asking me these questions when i've never even met him before 
Well, it's a good way to not get info long term. Because they're going to be like, dude, I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with this guy. Hey, I'm Chad with uh, Bearcat Journal. You guys got any commits that are uh, you think you're going to get soon? <laughs> any of these, any of these guys on the visit here, like uh, you know, ready to go? Like, what's the? Are you guys? You guys? Are you guys recruiting anybody? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh... the fan base thinks there's too many 85s visiting. Uh, not enough 89s. All right. <laughs> You know, you know my opinions on that. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but it's 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 interesting, and it's challenging, and I like challenging. Uh, but my goodness, man, it is it was a shock to the system. Now, the nice part about it was it was probably the nicest first day of spring football in the history of spring football. Oh my anymore. god, it was like seventy five and sunny and. Uh, yeah, that's uh, we couldn't have asked for anything better than that, and the fact that it, a two-hour practice is a two-hour practice—that is accurate. Uh, it is not a two-hour practice that starts thirty minutes early and runs fifteen minutes late. Fifteen—that—that would—that would have been generous. <laughs> it is a two-hour practice that starts exactly when it says it's going to be started. And runs how long it is supposed to run. It is, uh, it's an interesting dynamic change. <laughs> Thunderbucks, I'm sorry, I, I didn't remember the, you. That's what that's the, my bad. The, me, the media in mind, you know, we got to thank Coach Satterfield. No, I think he's just a he's a efficiency guy. He doesn't like he doesn't like you know, not having things planned out very detailed and specifically. Well, there, there's a very interesting uh, video of Chip Kelly. I think he's talking to um, a coaching clinic, you know, one of these coaching clinics that these guys go to in the off season. And he's talking about that, the efficiency of it and the practice time and the meeting time. And, you know, this, he mentioned this um, professor, scientist, doctor, I don't know who, what, you know, it was, I sent it to my buddy. UCLA. I sent it to my buddy that uh, coaches high school football because I just thought it was interesting that he was talking about like, you know, this guy said like none of your classes should be more than thirty minutes because after thirty minutes they lose people check total. out. Yeah, right. And he's like, we've really tried to do a great job of in, you know of keeping guys engaged in meetings and you know making sure that everybody understands and then bringing that onto the field and um and really just trying to maximize our time and making sure that the time spent we're we're working diligently but we're not out there just to be out there and to keep running things over and over again because you just you know, they're you're just not going to get the results. More time doesn't necessarily mean better results. Yeah, that's what you have the classes for. Like going over, okay, here is this rep yesterday from practice that we ran three times uh, that we need to talk about and get worked out. Not here's this rep in practice that we ran seven times and we still didn't ever get it right. Yeah. Or we got it right on the seventh time. Uh, okay, like. Congratulations. So I mean, like, I'm sure that it's, it's, you know, that, and again, there's two sides to it. Like you also have to, 
make sure that you're successful holding guys accountable and right you don't just be like oh yeah today was you know and you know you obviously there's rules and they get around you know everybody gets around our rules and things of that nature but you know i i've never thought that just going over something over and over and over again necessarily makes it more more effective so if they prove that they can handle it then great if they can't then they'll either pay the price for it or they'll change a little bit of what their philosophy is. Um, but I imagine this isn't a new thing. So they, you know, he feels it's successful doing it the way he does it. Right. So, this is, this is his, his system, how he handles practice. I, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um. Sometimes it was a little tedious being told you were going to be there for a certain amount of time and you're there 45 minutes later. Uh, sometimes you show up and nobody's out on the practice field because they changed the start of practice. And then you have to wait an hour and a half for practice to start. I don't think we're going to, uh, I don't think Satterfield operates the ship that way. And I don't think you're going to be upsetting the engineering majors because you keep moving the. <laughs> stuff that interferes with uh their plans right um i don't know i don't have a whole lot else on spring ball yet i'm sure next week we won't have anything because there won't be anything uh but hopefully we can get a coach on or somebody next week to talk to us about the first week yeah we we definitely need a need a guest next week because we might not have a whole lot to talk about we, I mean, we still manage to do shows all summer, Dave. We'll, we'll find. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I know. It'd be nice to have have something substantial to get into. So, do you want to talk about next? Would you like to talk about the shifting seismic plates in the college sporting industry, or do you want to do basketball and save that for last? No, let's talk basketball. Okay. Basketball, Friday, 3.30. The Bearcats will play Temple in the 4-5 game. At that point, they should know which of the two lower seeds has knocked off Houston <laughs> uh, in the quarterfinals. Hilarious. <laughs> um, let's, let's, first, let's get to all-conference honors today. Yeah, that was great. Landers Nolly, first team. Were you surprised? Um. I can't say I was or wasn't surprised because outside of guys on UC, Kendrick Davis, the 26-year-old, and guys on Houston, I don't know who else would go be on first team. I, I There was only one guy I thought that would have gotten that shot, that spot over. So who made first team? Uh, Marcus Sasser, Landers, Kendrick Davis. I don't know. I'm just guessing. J- uh, Jalen Cook. Uh, hold on. Uh, Hendricks from UCF. That's who I thought would be ahead of Landers. So he didn't make first team at all. No, he was second team. Oh, I mean, not saying I would think he should have got it over Landers, but like to me, he's like he was like a first team guy, and maybe I'm just basing that off of like. His prospect. game against UC. <laughs> well, no, because he didn't really have a very good game the second game. True. True. Um, 
let's maybe I just look at it because I'm like I don't know if they win any games if he's not on their team. Right. Uh da 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 da. Because I didn't I mean maybe I already started on maybe I already unfollowed the basketball accounts, but I don't remember seeing they actually didn't post it. Who actually had like first, second, third team awards. They actually well, didn't post it on the AAC men's basketball account. That makes sense. You know, yeah. why why would you want to do that? They posted it. I guess they posted it from the main page. Well, I followed that um, one too, but I just didn't see it. Uh now they're posting game highlights. No, no, Tonk, I'm saving my money for Kansas City next year. I'll be there. I'm I'll hire another. I don't need my own row of seats in the Dickies arena. Uh, uh, first team was Sasser, Davis, DeAndre Williams, Jalen Cook, and Landers Nolly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Hendricks. I mean, but like... Who do you take off? I mean, maybe not, maybe Landers, but I, I don't know if it was that big of a discrepancy that yeah that I disagree. I mean, Landers did slash like 48, 43, like 80 or whatever. Well, and all those guys were on teams that finished higher than UCF, and I'm not saying that that's how it should go, but, you know, those were the – arguably the best players on the best teams in the conference. Second team was Forbes, Jairus Walker, who was first team talented, but was one, a touch inconsistent. And two, well, I wouldn't even say a touch. Like he kind of disappeared the second half of the year. Yeah. Like he came out of the conference schedule, like an absolute madman. And they definitely rode the guards much more down the stretch than than him. And probably the most underrated player in the conference, Jawan Roberts. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. And then Taylor Hendricks. Uh, Forbes, Walker, Shed, Roberts, Hendricks. So Houston had three on the second team. One on the and first then, team. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> one on the first team, three on the second team. Yeah. Uh, I probably, probably would have just, whoever. Team. Yeah, no, they didn't. But I probably oh. would have just put somebody on the third team. Um, third team, DeJulius, Tyler Harris, Damian Dunn, Kevin Cross, Craig Porter Jr. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, let's see, freshman of the, coach of the year, or player of the year, Sasser, coach of the year, Samson, defensive player of the year, Shed, freshman of the year, Walker, most improved player, Jawan Roberts. <laughs> I mean, okay, so uh, six man Reggie Cheney. So they I, they swept everything but the sportsmanship award, which went to the guy, the uh, Debalt guy from uh, ECU. Okay, obviously Kelvin's done a great job of the number one team in the country. Yeah, should Ron Hunter have been coach of the year? Weren't they picked to finish last again? Uh, I think it was like seventh or I don't think they were last, but they were they were down there. Yeah, Tonk. No, I'm not coming. I will be doing radio in Cincinnati, and when I'm not on radio, I will be at the hospital with Kelly. So, unfortunately, not in the cards this year. the The conference tournament is always almost impossible for me 
because Mo works the conference tournament, and that means Chad does radio for Mo. Uh, there might have to be an exception made next year. To next go to year, the Big I can tournament. Go, I'll go cover it, and by cover it, I mean sit in the stands and drink twenty beers. That's not, um, yeah. That's not technically how we do things. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can send someone to cover it. I'll cover the games by sitting in the stands and drinking. With I know, I'm just saying that's not how we typically do coverage. <laughs> it's how you cover football games, and that's that's worked quite well for us. <laughs> it's worked quite well for you. Us, me, you know, whatever. Potato, potato. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I do have to say that you and Aaron uh, eloquently discussed the future of Bearcat Journal for an hour last night and did not mention my name one time. So, I you're I, what's what do we have to mention about Dave? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't care. What do we like? What what is what is there that's ever going to change about Dave's role at Bearcat Journal? I don't know. You do what you do. You're awesome at it. And it's exactly what I want you to do. It's exactly what you want you to do. If I called you and said, Dave, I'm changing your role at Bearcat Journal, you would say, eh. I would say I, I assume that's coming with a pay increase that you can't afford or find someone else. <laughs> right. So there's nothing to, like, there was nothing to discuss about Dave Simone's role in Bearcat Journal. Just funny. Just funny to me. Uh, do you want to write a bunch more front page content? You say more as if there's any to to in there to begin with. You do the uh, the opponent previews in the off season. They have morphed into podcasts, so have, I don't even yeah. do those anymore. <laughs> Breaking news: Dave role Dave's role remains exactly the same. Stay tuned for details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I would have mentioned your name, people would have been like. Why? Yeah. <laughs> what did you even bring? Well, maybe, maybe someone would have learned that you that, that you don't run the Twitter account. If they don't know by now. Every day, almost every day. Somebody says Chad to you yeah. in the mm -hmm. Hey Chad. Like I, no. I, I won't say every day. At this point, maybe like once a week, once every other week. Okay. It's gotten yeah. better then. Oh, yeah. We're catching on. <laughs> I don't have anything to do with the BCJ account. Anything ever. The only well, thing is sometimes it, it was the other when I brought Will to the game and I sent a picture of him. Someone was like, I didn't know Chad had a son. I was like, he's he doesn't. And they're like, <laughs> well, then whose kid is that? And I go, mine. <laughs> and they were, they were, I think they were very confused. <laughs> Look, the last thing anybody needs is hearing from me on two Twitter accounts. That is the least necessary thing on the planet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that person was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Whoever that is, I'm sorry. Uh, is Dan Simon busy tonight? Like, I... Dan Simon's probably in Vegas at the Pac-12 tournament. I haven't talked to him in a little while, but if I had to guess... Craps table. Did you, okay, so this is this sounds like a fun trip. I just saw this. Granted, it's men's and women's, but did you know there's now over a hundred conference tournament games in Las Vegas? 
That would be fun. Yeah, there. I know. Like, WCC is at the Orleans. Pac-12 is at uh, the their main whatever where I think wherever the Golden Knights play, whatever. Who's um, there was one at Mandalay Bay. Like that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty fun if you could get out there for like a whole week and catch like the end of the WCC tournament into the Pac-12 tournament or like catch all these like different conference tournament games that are going on. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. It's, Brown it's also pretty pretty funny that there's so many NCAA things in in a city all about gambling. Shocking, huh? <laughs> Brown transfer Paxson Wojcik tells me there are these schools reaching out so far. Not me. Uh, the 247 High School Hoops account. Uh, Arkansas, Auburn, South Carolina, Cincinnati, Nebraska, Vandy, SMU, Santa Clara, Cal, and many others. A guard averaged 15 points, seven rebounds, and three assists a game last season for Brown. Yeah, you have the Ivy guys and any grad transfer can yeah. jump in now. The window doesn't open for everybody else until the 13th. And let, let's – we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, we, we got off of basketball pretty quickly. Uh, the actual, yeah. The actual tournament that – We uh, haven't even I, got to that. We haven't even started on that yet. Like, this is the torture part of the Big 12 is – Knowing that the Big 12 tournament is going on while we're still playing in the tournament, that there might be 2,000 people at yeah. the, champ- the championship game. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Temple. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough opponent. It's a tough opponent for Cincinnati. It has been a tough opponent for Cincinnati. They found a way to win. Uh, the last time they played, Damian Dunn, they're going to have to do a better job on him. They're going to have to do a better job handling Temple's length. They're going to have to, I think, play with a little bit more pace. I think they've been in the Temple games a little content, a little too content, uh, adjusting to Temple's pace and the way that Temple wants to play the game. Now, some of that is hard. Temple doesn't really turn it over. Um, They run their offense. So they kind of they they do a good job keeping you from being able to get the ball and go. So it's hard to to turn up the pace. But you gotta try um, to di- dictate that more, though. I mean, I, I agree, but it's it's I'm, look. Teams tried when against Mick and Mick's style is very similar to what Temple does now. Like they're different in in the schematics, but like they want to do the same things. It's easy to say we're going to just get the ball and go. But when they grind you down on offense, they shoot with, you know, six seconds left on the shot clock. They have two guys get back. They don't send a bunch to the offensive glass. Like, unless you're creating a bunch of live ball turnovers, they're just a hard team to run on. And that's that's no shock because Aaron McKee played for John Chaney. Right. Like, that's, that's embedded into, like, his core philosophy of how to play basketball. I agree. You should try to do that. I just think it's, it's easy to sit here on a podcast and say, you know, push the ball. Well, I don't mean like you, I don't mean you go out of your way to like almost totally change your game plan, but like when those opportunities present themselves, I think you you have have to to, hit it. 
you have to take much more advantage of it than they did, especially like the game at home. Um, when it was a back and forth game, but it was still at the 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 possessions were still at a temple pace. Yes. There was a lot of shot making, especially in the second half. So the score looked different than I think what the pace of the game was. Was that the game where in the second half both teams were over like 1.3, 1. 1. 1.2, 1.3 points per possession? Like they made a lot of shots in the second half. And it went into right. overtime and you know, but yeah, but it, it was it was played at Temple's pace, no question. That I'm saying I would like to see them not specifically play at Temple's pace, to play right. with better pace. But also it, it's fair to acknowledge that against Temple, that's not exactly as uh, easy as it sounds. That's no, it. no. But, you know, I'm, I'm going into it, beat Temple, and I'll be, I'll be cool with, you know, whatever else happens. Are you okay if that, like, if, if this team gets to the <coughs> the NIT? Is that a, a a goal for you, or do you not care? A goal to make the NIT? Well, is it something that would make you feel like okay, this thing things are progressing, um, even no. if it's not at the rate that you'd like, that things are progressing? No, they had no but... chance to make the NIT last year. Right? No, no, because. If you make that, I my then I would say like okay, go win some games. Just making it, um, I'm. It doesn't. It wouldn't be like, oh yeah, there we go. We made. You know, I'm not necessarily going to be over the moon making it. But then I'd be like, go. You know, if you make the NIT and lose the first game, I'm kind of like, okay, well, what the, what was really the point? So make the NIT and then go win the NIT and then not the whole, hang not necessarily the whole thing, but like win two games, win you know, win th- make it to the game before you go to New York or whatever. Like make a make a mark in it, like Vegas. You, Dave. Use that what Vegas, Dave, Vegas. Oh, the NIT is in Vegas now. The final four is in Vegas. Yes, it might oh even be the final eight, but I believe the final four is in Vegas. Oh well, I didn't know that. I'm going to be in Vegas in, in April, but I think it'll be after all this stuff is over. Beginning of April? No, not till like oh, the 20th. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be but okay. no, like, you know, win, win two games. Then I can say, yes, that was, we made, you know, you made the postseason and you made a mark in it. Just making the NIT and then losing the first game doesn't, doesn't do much for me. It's not going to, I'm not going to be like, Oh, it was a much better year because they made the NIT and lost versus not making it. Fair. Fair. Um, what is your uh, take on Cincinnati being the number three betting favorite to win the AAC tournament? I mean, I think that makes sense just because... <laughs> You're I think they're better if, than Tulane. Well, you're assuming that if they beat Houston, then they yeah. would have the the next best odds to win the go ahead and win the tournament. We're talking about betting favorites. Like Tulane would have to beat Memphis, and then beat which they've done twice. Right, beat UC or Houston. So UC would only have to beat, you know, 
there the way it breaks out from a betting standpoint is like if you knock off the number one seed, then you would have a much easier from a betting standpoint chance to go win the rest of the tournament. Yeah. That's fair. It's fair. Um, I don't know. You got anything else on the, the AAC tournament? Um, not really. You haven't really heard anything about it. <laughs> no. What's there? I mean, it's got the number one team in the country and then Memphis that's going to make the tournament. I mean, I right. would be surprised at this point if Memphis doesn't make the tournament. Right. Um, and then maybe two NIT teams, maybe. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is, like, I know there's been quite a few of the regular season mid-low-major conference champions not win their conference, so they're automatically... Pretty standard so far, though. Pretty standard so far. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just... I Maybe I've just noticed more of the upsets in the earlier rounds. I think we've had more upsets in the earlier rounds, but not more uh, end result where somebody other than the number one seed wins the tournament. You know well, what I mean? The horizon. Yeah. You have that one. You have the one where they had sell that stupid rule where you can't make it to the, and I don't know if that holds true to the NIT also, where if you're up in division one for four, four years, you can't make it. Yeah, no postseason play. Did you see? So the Merrimack team, the the yeah. NEC, they've won their conference regular season and conference tournament twice in those four years. Yeah, and have not been allowed to go to the tournament. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, remember the the NIT is owned by the NCAA now. It's not its own yeah. independent thing like it used to be. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. March madness. <laughs> it's mad already. Madness. Right. Yeah, it's mad. Uh how about Jim Beheim? Did you see all this today? I did. You know. He says, uh, you know, I, I gave my retirement speech at the game, but whether I'm back next year or not is up to Syracuse. And Syracuse said, Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Jim Beheim is not going to be our coach next year. Yeah, it was like Jim Beheim post game press conference. You're gonna have to talk to the university. The university, an hour later, uh, Jim Beheim has retired <laughs> with no quotes from Jim Beheim, no fanfare other than like Bobby Knight. Has anybody ruined like the end of a career worse than Jim Beheim has? You ever, I think, from the moment they left. The Big East. He made it his mission to be as big of an asshole to as many people as possible. Well, I think he was as big of an asshole to as many people as possible while they were in the Big East. They were just winning. Well, they, were just, shit yeah, they were just really good. So everybody put up with it. And then they got to the ACC and it didn't translate and they didn't win as much. And everybody went, wait, this guy is a gigantic asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. Coached, he coached there for 47 years. It's wild, isn't it? I mean, my family is from Rochester, which is very close to Syracuse. I do not know how anyone 
would want to live there for 47 straight years. <laughs> That's also fair. When, when you're a coach and could probably get any number of jobs in other places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I, the guy's a complete ass. Just yeah, a complete he's, ass. He's a jerk, but you know, whatever. We'll always remember beating them in the Big East tournament. Yep. Yep. But the only team to beat them that year with, with Fab Mello, with their whole team. Mm-hmm. So. Well, okay. until the tournament. Yeah, regular season, you know, first whatever. Yeah, because he was out in that year when they lost like one game, two games, something like that. They lost two, one of them to Cincinnati and the other without Fab Mello because they were cheating. Yeah, well, hey, I got nothing wrong with I have no problems with that, you know me. That brings that brings me to another secondary point I wanted to talk to touch touch on. Uh Chris Beard in the running for Ole Miss. Yeah. Sure. If you're Ole Miss, <laughs> you will never, ever, 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 ever get a chance to get a coach as good as Chris Beard, no. except for this. Except for this. Yeah. Oh, he, he beat the shit out of his wife? I can coach basketball. Allegedly. Like, that was, allegedly. Charges, charges were dropped. Charges dropped, yeah. I'm just saying, hypothetically, <laughs> the, the board is like, well, I mean. Or we could hire, you know, Florida Gulf Coast Coast's coach or, <laughs> right. or some assistant. We, we can get like, a guy that's, that's been to a couple Final Fours. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Nobody cares in, anymore, Dave. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. Just win, baby. It's the Dave Simone mantra in life. I don't care about reasons. I'm Dave Simone. I understand the difference between excuses and reasons because I think far too many people in life don't understand the difference between excuses and reasons. Dave is okay with looking at reasons, going, I acknowledge those reasons, and I also don't care. I don't care. I don't care about your reasons. I'm here to root for your team. That means I'm here to win. This is what happens when you've been a fan of the Bengals for your entire life. That's why I always laugh about like vacating things. Like, okay, va- vacate the championship. I still was at the game. I still remember the season. I still. I, I still don't happened. remember the after party when we won a fucking championship. Yeah, it still happened. You didn't men and <laughs> you didn't men in black me, and I don't remember that it actually happened. Like, I don't care. I seen it. I held the trophy. That was that was always like when Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee. We were all like, "We're going to win the title," and then three years later, we're going to be on probation, and we don't care. Dave was like, "Cool, bet, yeah, fine, <laughs> sign me up." Whatever where's, makes where's it happen, sheet? whatever makes it happen the fastest. Outstanding, outstanding. Did you see? Uh, I think we're, we're. I think we're done with American Athletic Conference. Oh. I didn't want to talk about it anyway. Somehow we made it like 25 minutes, so I, mean, I think we're good. I just want to beat Temple and then whatever, so we can just totally be done with this league. Yeah. Take the logo off the court. Like, just be just done. Get the, get the sander out there. Like, yeah. it, you know, NIT, just play road games. Like, just get it off the floor. 
they're trending towards a four seed, which would be a home game. They got to, they have to, they have, I mean, they have to, they, there's no way they could make BIT if they lost to Temple, right? It would be very, very tedious. But if they beat Temple, I think it's pretty secure that they're. I also always wonder with the NIT, like how much of making the NIT is based on them calling and going, how many fans can you get to the game if we pick you? (laughs) Yeah. For UC, they've been putting. Nine, ten thousand people in all year and an absolute dog shit American. Oh, yeah. Outside of three, four teams. Like, yeah. I think Cincinnati could confidently say we'll put five, six thousand, seven thousand people in the arena. In a Dayton UC first round NIT game. <laughs> We've done that before, right? Or That'd was it fun. second round? Uh second round. Yeah. When that they... stupid band showed up and I wanted to <laughs> They blew, they blew our doors off that game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was there. That'd be fun. Good to see Rashawn Holmes, who I yeah. still have no idea how Dayton got. <laughs> yeah. Get John, get um, John, Brandon, John Brandon back in the house? I've actually heard, I won't say which job, but I've heard he's going to be a head coach again. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it's the horizon. I think it'll be back in the horizon league. Lovely. But yeah, let's get Dayton, Dayton at UC NIT. <laughs> um, all right. Realignment, Dave. Well, before we get there, I want, uh, okay. one more dig on the AAC. Okay. Did you see Dennis Dodd's article today about college football attendance? Uh, I saw you retweet something. Yeah, so there was a big increase in college football attendance across the country this year, which ever lots of people in the sport have been lamenting that a massive decrease over the last several years. Yeah, you know whether it's Alabama playing a bunch of cream puffs in the non-conference and people not being interested in that, or you know whatever it might be, but big increase uh, sport wide. Except in the American, which had its lowest attendance ever this year. And the Big 12 had its highest attendance since 2011. So, you know, thank you, whoever you pray to, that this shit is over. (laughs) Just imagine how bad their attendance is going to be next year. Oh, man. Woof. (laughs) Woof. <laughs> not not good. No. Not good. Should, should we should we discuss a little bit of what Brett Yormark had to say at his Big Twelve uh college basketball tournament press conference today? Yes. I'll let I didn't see it. I was I was occupied. Uh I will let you handle this. He had a lot of interesting things to say. A which lot. He nor- which he normally does. Um, He's a very interesting man. I appreciate his candor and his uh, his no... I mean, you could basically call it like no BS. You know, He's very forthright. If you ask him a question, mm-hmm. I think he answers it as honestly as the question allows. 
but j just a few of his com comments um, on getting the media rights extension done early. He said he thinks it was critical. We live in such an unpredictable world, and it was important to have some clarity and stability with the conference. We're in a very different place than we were three to four months ago. Uh, yeah, I think we're seeing that play out in real time with the issues that the Pac-12 is having securing a media rights deal. That Did is... he mention them by? He mentioned them by name. The Pac-12? No, no, this yeah. is me. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Sorry, okay, okay. end quote. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were still going. I was like, whoa. No, my quote starts with, I think we're seeing that play out okay. in real time. He did okay. not say that part. That would have been <laughs> great. Yes. He uh, would have been the best commissioner in the history of commissioners yeah. uh, if he had put that on, on wax. On expansion, he said, we're focused on it and we're exploring every and all possibility if there's a chance to get better it's incumbent on me as commissioner to explore those possibilities i think we know that that's uh taking place behind the scenes not behind the scenes you know sure on the front door in, on in your very on your, plain sight yeah i'm in your yard george <laughs> like yeah it's uh on the new deal Fox becomes a player in basketball. That just gives us another shot in the arm as it relates to more exposure, more mark and more marketing for our members. Someone could uh, see that as a shot at the big East potentially. Yes. It was. Do you think it was uh, a coincidence that their uh, commissioner at their media session today mentioned that she is going to be uh, going into trying to get a deal done with Fox before their window opens again, directly related to the PAC 12, not yeah, being able yeah. to get anything when they went to market thinking that there would be a bidding war, so to speak over their rights. Right. And you know, these, these brands, these media conglomerates, just not prioritizing their conference. This one might be my favorite. Your mark on Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. Obviously a great program. My focus right now is to see what happens throughout our industry. There's a lot of moving parts. I continue to have conversations with Gonzaga. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I talk to another team in another conference, uh, another school, another conference all the time. Yeah. Like, who would ever say that? Brent Yormark. Yeah, none of these other commissioners would ever be like, yeah, I'm talking to them right, you know, just had a nice meeting with them. Their conference tournament's over. You know, Mark Few is sitting in my box for the, <laughs> the conference tournament this week. Right. Um, <clears throat> He's going to the, the, what concert are they having? Uh, Fat Joe or, or the Shaq DJ concert? Both. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Few will be at both of those events. Mm-hmm. I still am totally indifferent on Gonzaga. Like, I, I, uh, I like Gonzaga with one caveat. It means Villanova comes with them. Yeah. I'm just like, Adam, don't Adam. I, I don't, it's not like a, it's not going to break me one way or the other. I do think, though, that this is like moving forward, it's about, you know, Brands inside your portfolio. 
Mm -hmm. And while to us on the outside, we're like, you know, it's basketball. How much does Gonzaga really add? Like, you know, as a standalone way out in Spokane, it's like incredibly hard to get there. Like it makes no sense geographically. It makes no sense. School, I mean, it's a small, you know, somewhat religious-based school. Like, has nothing to do with a, a UC, a Houston, a UCF, and even, like, the big Oklahoma State, you know. Sure. Those type of schools, Iowa State. But at the same time, I'm like, this is about properties inside a portfolio. And you can then hold up a Gonzaga with hopefully a resurgent Cincinnati that has a lot of history. Houston that's doing great, Kansas, you know, Baylor, like it's just a matter of stockpiling these these entities. And you know, the next time you go to market, the way things are viewed and consumed can be totally different. So where a Gonzaga doesn't make sense, maybe under this current structure, maybe in 2031, it totally makes sense. And you want to have them because like they're I can't imagine that they're long for the WCC. Like, no, there's it's not like, like there's them, no money. There's it's no not money. like them going to the Big Twelve. They're all of a sudden going to become terrible. Like they're not going to be fourteen straight conference championships. But like they're still going right. to be damn good. Yeah. So like, you know, sure, Adam. Like the whole notion of like. Big 12 has 16 teams and the Big 10 has eight, whatever number of teams and there's teams in California in the Big 10 and there's teams in, you know, it's, none of that stuff matters anymore. So just get the best properties you can get. Right. And, you know, it would be very funny if, if like a team from the Big East left to go be with a bunch of football teams after that's the reason that they all left in the first place like back in the day um i'm not con i mean i'm less convinced that would happen than i am any pac 12 teams are actually going to leave i mean do you think that's something that could really happen yes do you that like a villanova would join the the big 12 yes I mean, I, I can't say absolutely not because, I mean, UCLA and USC are joining the Big Ten for Christ's sake. So The Big East is not going to get a shit ton of money. They don't have a shit ton of money now. Right. They're gonna. I think they're going to get at best what they're getting now, if not a little worse. I don't see an uptick. Big East basketball did not drive viewers to Fox. It did not. And I'm sure Fox is probably going to stay with them as a as a trusted partner. It is not going to be a huge financial boom for the Big East. So if if your mark comes to Villanova and says, "Hey, guess what? How about instead of that six million from the Big East, we get you ten at a place like Villanova, where they, I mean, they they have D two football, but like football doesn't drive the bus." Basketball drives the bus to get an extra four or five million a year to fund their athletic department. Like, would you would you take on Villanova and 
Gonzaga at ten million each a school. They're getting ten, and everybody else is getting. I mean, who knows what? Thirty when, like, when they yeah. come in. Yeah. I mean, sure. Because, like, I, you know, and I think your mark takes a little bit different approach because of his. He's a basketball guy. He's a, right. He's a basketball guy, and he thinks there's untapped. Now he might be a hundred percent wrong. Of course, about, about this, but he thinks there is untapped, whatever you, you know, whatever you term you want to use, money for basketball. He feels it is undervalued, being kind of rolled up into the football world. I tend to not feel that way. You know, ESPN put out some numbers today showing how much, you know, how much viewership they got for their regular season basketball games and how it's one of the best years that they've had in a long time. Duke and North Carolina were the highest. The two Duke North Carolina games were the highest rated games. Neither of them touched 5 million viewers. It didn't even come close. Right. So your two most, your two highest rated games of the entire season wouldn't be in the top two or three, depending on what, games were going on in any week of the college football season. Every week, there's two or three at least college football games that rate higher than your highest rated college basketball game of the year. Where's the Nova rumor from? It, it comes from having a uh, non-football playing partner for Gonzaga. Do I think there's a lot of truth to it? No, probably not. But I do think, like, if you're going to go get the Zags, go get the other premier basketball-only entity that's available on the market right now, and that's Villanova. Yeah. He also mentioned mentioned possibly moving the conference basketball tournament around, which I think would be a good idea. I have nothing against Kansas City, but, I mean, if you're trying to monetize the conference basketball tournament, I think having it in Kansas City, having it in Dallas, having it in Houston, having it in Orlando are all ways to, to build on that. Or, you know, have it in Vegas. <laughs> have it in, have it in uh, you know, Chicago. Have it in Indy. Have, you know, I don't, you know, you're, you're making these conferences. He talks about wanting a national conference. Well, then, you know, you don't really have to necessarily right. have a... Have it in uh, Madison Square Garden. Right. I don't care. Like, you 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 talk about having a national conference. Well, then you don't have to necessarily have it in the conference tournament every year in the footprint of your conference. Right. Uh, let's see. What else did he say? Um, well, and, and times are changing. Kansas City isn't the epicenter of the Big 12 anymore. No. Texas. I mean, it still is, but it's but it's not. That's but that's just been like, again, that's been the traditional thing, like the ACC having sure. it in Greens, Greensboro, and then they moved it to Brooklyn, or and everybody hated it, so they moved it back to Greensboro. But like, you don't think Dallas would would bid a significant amount of money to host the Big Twelve tournament, right? You don't think Orlando would, you know, 
bid a significant amount of money to bring whatever whatever the number ends up being, 14, 16 schools that really like basketball, bring you know all their fans to Orlando for four days? I, I got one for you to, to break away just a touch. Did you see who was the uh, freshman of the year in the Ivy League? Rookie you of the I, year? You know I did not. Come on. Come on, you should know this. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Caden Pierce. Oh, that's nice. Good, good for young Caden. Eight points, six rebounds a game this year. Has he entered the portal? Uh, probably not yet, but I'm telling <laughs> you right now, there are like eight mid to mid plus major level coaches that I told this kid's going to be a dude that didn't listen because he, he wasn't flashy. He was just really fucking solid. Like, is that oh, like, I don't know. Is that code for white? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But he played on one of the best AAU teams in the country. Like, and he was their glue guy. He defended the opposing team's best player. He could shoot the three. He was super athletic. He was a great teammate. Like, look, this kid is going to help you win a lot. He won a shit ton in AAU. He won a shit ton at his high school team. And nobody would listen to me. And he ended up in the Ivy League, which good for him. Because he's, he's going to get a great education before he goes somewhere else and finish his career. But, but those coaches know who they are. And they I'm know sure, that I told them. I'm sure they're listening. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I also just put it on Twitter and they follow me. So they're reading it and knowing if they don't have me muted, which they might, because I'm sure a lot of people do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> do you have me? Does the Bearcat Journal account have me muted? I don't even think I follow you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I know. I don't see. I don't. Uh, I don't mute people on my personal account. I just don't. I just block them or unfollow them. I know. Like I, I I like I like muting people because it means that they just you know yell into the void, and I don't hear them. Yeah. Well. Uh, let's see. Did he say anything else of of interest? Uh, he how he how he found the right mesh of broadcast versus streaming content we want to make our schools name brands and espn and fox are the best partners to do that just trying to find things that are interesting um Sorry, I was yelling at my 12-year-old. Your mark uh, on linear versus streaming. Based on where we are as a conference today, we needed the biggest distribution possible. We need the biggest platform for promoting and marketing our member institutions. Not wrong. Which, which goes to a tweet that I sent out today on the Bearcat Journal account about tomorrow which i think you would you would agree with is like tomorrow is the main day 
of the conference tournaments. Like all the good teams start tomorrow. Yeah. Someone someone Friday, because like the Big Ten has so many damn teams now. You got teams on double buys and but like tomorrow is noon to eleven thirty. UCLA, Arizona, all the Big 12 teams, uh, Tennessee's, like a lot of teams kick off tomorrow. There's four Big 12 games tomorrow. All four are on main ESPN. There's four Pac-12 games tomorrow. Three, but two of which feature UCLA and Arizona are on Pac-12 Network, and they have one game on ESPN, and it starts at 1130 at night. How do you grow the brands in your conference if nobody can see them play. Sorry, I just read something on Twitter that there are things sometimes you read something on Twitter and you're just like, it's something I never... uh, Here you go. Breaking. Former Sonic star Sean Kemp is booked into Pierce County Jail. He's currently being held on a charge of Drive-by shooting. (laughs) Sorry for laughing, but... He was booked at 5.58 p.m. this afternoon. What? Uh, Does my daughter have me on mute? She would love to have me on mute. That is not an option for her. She knows better. (laughs) Yeah. What? I'm sorry. Go back to... No, I was, you were talking about. I was just I know. saying, I, like, the exposure is everything. Like, I don't care. How, I mean, yes, the money is super important, but like, if nobody sees you, how do you how do you move forward? How are you relevant if nobody knows you exist? Like, give one Pac-12 game tomorrow night that that the the mass can watch. And it's USC playing a to-be-determined opponent starting at 11.30 Eastern. Why would anyone want to watch that? Yeah. Well, well, another league has, like, and this was my thing with with the Big 12 doing, re-upping with ESPN and... and Jump the line. ESPN and Fox Fox was... Yeah. Yes, they're not going to get the best time slots because... ESPN has an exclusive deal with the SEC and the ACC, and the Big Ten has an exclusive deal with Fox. Right. But you're not going to have to go hunting for their games. Like, there are going to be people tomorrow that are not Big 12 fans, but maybe they're just casual college basketball fans. They're going to turn on ESPN, and they're never going to change the channel. Right. And there's going to be four four straight games of Big 12 games. Yep. That to me has more value than a couple million extra dollars, you know, a year. It's a eight, it's a eight ten hour commercial for your entire conference. Yep. I mean, imagine if they added Gonzaga and Big Monday had a nine o'clock Big Twelve game and then an eleven thirty Gonzaga game. Yep. Or eleven, you know, eleven o'clock. They don't build in the thirty minutes because they're not playing in the same site. So it would start right around eleven. I mean, they might not do that because that's when like 
SVP Sports Center or whatever comes on. But I'm just saying, like, sure, but that's, go where people can see you. That's the type of thing that he's looking well, but you at. You can I'm be sure. on. Guess what? You can be on ESPN two opposite SVP. Right. And people are still, if they're interested, going to watch a game over highlights of games. Yeah, you don't think people are going to watch Kansas at Gonzaga on ESPN two at eleven o'clock at night? Of course they are. It's going to be one of the premier games of the season in the entire country. Right. So of course they are. Stupid, Dave. But, yeah, I mean, that's what kind of Brent had to say. Not, I mean, there's nothing groundbreaking or, you know, it's kind of the same old, same old, but it's still uh, – Still nice to have him speak, hear his vision, hear how he sees things moving forward. I mean, the Big 12 Conference Tournament this year has certainly taken big steps, and, and some of them we can laugh at. I mean, they put out, like, some rap song or whatever, which... It was terrible. It's terrible, and it's funny that Brett Yormark, who worked for Rock Nation, and has an in with how many different recording artists? Like, Didn't just go get Jay-Z to do it. <laughs> yeah, like, hey dude can you just do me a favor and and wrap this minute and a half yeah. worth of a promo for us um but at the same time like they're just the thing he's trying to turn the big 12 tournament into kind of like an nba all-star weekend feel and sure. I, you know and i am totally for it like you know you want people to want to come into town you want to grab your casual fan you want People to buy, you want people, the most people to buy the full session tickets. Like it all goes hand in hand. Yes. And then you have George, George K, who did not have any. No, I was, I was, what, what did George K have to say today? Um, he did not have any media availability so far this week. So they don't, they normally don't, like that's not a thing that they do. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's a thing that they do. He just decided to get like they, they do it every year, but they just didn't do it this year. Pretty sure. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, it seems odd. Like, I don't know, man. Like, even if you don't have anything to necessarily announce, like, doesn't that make you feel, doesn't that come across as we're, we don't want to get asked questions because we don't have answers to them? Yeah. So we're just not going to put ourselves out there, which is then going to, you know, bring on the perception that you don't have anything close to a deal. Right. You know, who knows? Again, who knows who you can believe, who you can't believe. Like, I, I posted on the board today, like, I I actually don't even care if any of the teams leave the for the Big 12. I, I don't yeah, – I don't care either. Like, it doesn't move the needle for me. I'm sure just, Arizona would be nice to have in basketball, but, like, I don't really care if any of those teams are in the Big 12. Like, no. like matchup-wise or, like, what I'm looking forward to seeing out of the Big 12, I'm kind of good with the hateful eight. I just – I'm just in, more interested in who's right, who's wrong, and what the fallout is. Yeah. And not from, like, a sense of, like, reporters getting – you know, ratioed more of a sense of like, okay, if this, what, if this deal actually comes in as bad as some people think, like, does that mean then that someone actually just says screw it and leaves? 
Like I, I don't care who I'm not like, I don't really care who that is or if that happens. I just want to see if it does. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, there's been some very funny tweets, especially from our, our counterpart in Arizona, you know, screen grabbing images of, of all the, <laughs> all the times over the last nine months that the John said, he's got all the receipts, baby. That, I that, love Jason Shear. I yeah, love him. That the deal was close. And then, you know, all the times where it kept saying like, you know, I think it's going to happen around this time. And then this time, and now we're hearing maybe, you know, now it's, you know, before two weeks ago, it was if George doesn't have something to say at the conference tournament, then there's, then that should, that could signal problems. And now we're hearing, well, you know, it's not going to be anything now, maybe the end of March, early April. Like, who the hell? I mean, you're going on like nine, nine, ten months. Yeah. It's been a long time. Been a long time. So. And, and the thing, too, is, is like their deal doesn't expire until next year. Right. So they're not technically in this, like, terrible timing window. But the narrative that's been built and the, with the Big 12 jumping them and then just the, the, the weird comments and the, the things that he said at football media day have totally backfired. And the, 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 you know, statement of unity that was now, I think I saw a tweet that was 23 days ago. Yeah. It's, it's just created this momentum of like that things are going terrible when they very well might not be. It's not like their deal expires in, sure. a, month, in a month. Sure. But it's, it's just perpetuated for so long and so much narrative has been able to be written out of their control that it makes it seem like it's in such worse shape than it probably really is. But then at the same time, I just fall back on the, if they had a deal that was satisfactory to them, they'd sign it. So they clearly don't have something in front of them that they feel is of correct value. Yep. And I just don't know where that, where that just out of the blue all of a sudden comes from. All right, you want to before we get out of here, go over the uh, the notes from Carrie today. Sure. Uh, let's see. Kobe was there. We saw that picture. I saw, I saw some tweets of the Cobster. Yeah. Awesome to have Kobe back in town. It makes uh, I think it eases the feeling that all of these guys are going to start hanging out in Madison, Wisconsin, where they didn't go to school. Come on, man. <laughs> uh. Mason Fletcher had a good day. A lot of pressure. He got some good punts off. Carter Brown looked good. Uh, DJ Taylor might be my might be my early camp guy. He got a another interception this time off Brady Drogish. Uh, Jonathan Thompson. I love me some Jonathan Thompson. Uh, he got a, he got an interception. Jeez, uh, this is like the Chad Brendel All Star team. Miles Montgomery, several big runs. Corey <laughs> Kiner as well. Uh, Emery Jones on a connection to Belgian, the uh, the West Virginia or the Western Kentucky uh, tight end. 
Donovan Ali with another good day, it looks like. Yeah, they I posted like, a couple quick so quick videos where in one of those he had a he had a catch. Yeah. Uh a lot of underneath and swing stuff. I, I noticed that as well. I think they're gonna take advantage of like you run that outside zone. Teams really have to uh to be alert for if the ball is gonna go to the outside zone on the run. So then you can fake off of that and hit a lot of underneath stuff. Um, so I, I did notice that yesterday. Carrie noticed it again today. Uh, yeah, th there we go. Excellent. So that is, uh, that's up on the site via Carrie Hoffman. He was a practice today. He'll be there for us again tomorrow. And, uh, I thank him for stepping in as Aaron had to deal with, uh, some family stuff. So, um, prayers are with Aaron. Hope everything is okay. And hopefully he will be back in the mix here in a couple of days. But for right now, thanks to Carrie for stepping in. Very short notice. And uh, I love the team player aspect. Uh, we'll get Jason Shearer back on again soon. I love that man. That man is looking for the smoke. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think, you know, the time to, to try to talk to him again would be one of two. Afterwards, yeah. If a deal is ever done. Yeah. Or if one of these teams actually, or I keep saying teams, I mean schools. Uh, one of these schools actually does say, you know what? You suck, you suck, you suck, you're cool, I'm out. Right. And those are not the words used in Half-Baked. Uh, yeah. But you know there are there are new standards for what we're allowed to say on YouTube. So are there? Yeah, we're not supposed to cuss cuss as much. Well, maybe my role will be re. <laughs> I didn't say we're not supposed to cuss at all. We're just not supposed to cuss as much. <clears throat> we do a good job on the the main rule. The main rule is not to cuss in the first eight seconds. We usually give it a minute or two. Eight seconds of the whole show. Yeah, just don't cuss in the first eight seconds. I don't think we've done that. It's not like you've Who? been get down to the effing holy grail and drink <laughs> your ass full of beer. Like, I mean, you, you do an ad read for like the first minute. Who cusses in the first eight seconds of a show? Not, I mean, I want to, I want to watch that show. <laughs> Those shows aren't being monetized as, as the same as the rest of us, apparently. Uh, yeah, you can cuss all you want, Natalie. You can say whatever the hell you want. Especially um, in the comments, right? Yeah, like the comments are fine. Maybe if I put the comments up, like if somebody gets here before we start, and then I just read the comments, and I'm like, look, I wasn't cussing. I was just reading the comments. That was Natalie that said all the bad words. It wasn't me. I, I'm not the one that should be penalized. Because Natalie started the show off hot. Eight seconds. Come on, like come that, on. Uh, clearly, Dave, that has been a thing. Or oh, yeah. That's like always when you see, like, I forget, I, I saw a sign somewhere about like not shaving. And I'm like, the only reason that sign is there is because someone, somebody shaved, shaved, you know, and so they felt in, they felt the need Compelled. to put up a sign. Yeah. 
So no yeah. shaving here. No cussing in the first eight seconds. As if people just start off the show with George Carlin's like seven words. Yeah, seven like words you can't, first... you can't say on TV. Yeah, the, the, that's the first. And it takes like a second to say each of those words, right? So the first eight seconds? Let's get that. Let's get those people on as guests. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, we got Bedlam tonight. Oh yeah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma state just started or is about to start. No, it just started seven to four Oklahoma. Uh, they are in their, their second to last season in the big 12, five, 15 and 16. The Sooners. Huggy bear advanced. He did. They look really good right now. Like they're getting it figured it out. Well, I mean, when, it you out. Got, when you got a guy on his like sixth school, like Eric <laughs> Eric Stevenson is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he must be a thrill to coach. <laughs> uh, that's right, Natalie. That that's the away we fucking go. It's the goddamn BCJ podcast brought to you by. <laughs> That's yeah. I think that's how we have to start from here on out. Just we'll just wait eight seconds of silence before we do it. Yeah, that's right. Second nine. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> All right. I will be on radio again tomorrow uh, and again Friday, three to six, uh, filling in for Mo, who was in in Fort Worth at the tournament. Uh, Carrie will be at practice tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure tomorrow night what the situation is. I would guess Rocket Truth at nine. Uh, probably won't. Probably won't have a nightcap until Friday. Uh, but maybe. I, maybe maybe tomorrow night we'll figure out something if depending on how tomorrow goes. What were you gonna say? I was going to say, you'll, you'll probably still be on the radio, but I was saying you could do like a live reaction pot, like show after the game Friday. We're going to do a live, probably a live nightcap Friday, um, one way or another. Um, but just letting Aaron, you know, get his, yep. his family stuff taken care of and figured out. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. We're going to, uh, we're going to bounce. We will see you. Maybe tomorrow. If not, at worst, we'll see you Friday um, for Pickles, for Tiger, who made a cameo tonight in the in the background, for Dave. I'm Chad Brendel. This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you, as always, by BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>